Welcome to Talk American. This is Mike Fresh here. I'm here with Jazz Wonder, and we have a special guest, a friend of the show, a friend, Jibba Mole Anderson. How's it going, Jibba? It's going all right, fellas. It's going all right. Thank you for having me on here once again. Chop it up. I appreciate it. No problem. So I went on Kickstarter and I occasionally, me being a Kickstarter backer, I occasionally get on Kickstarter. I look at some stuff and see what's going on. And it was like, hey, your friend Jim have got something going on on uh, Kickstarter. I was like, what? I was like, no problem. Let me check this out. So basically, what's the uh, new uh, project you have going on on uh, Kickstarter? Okay, so uh, we're in the final days, uh, I believe, what, final four, three, four days of uh, the Kickstarter campaign for my anthology series, Four Pages, 16 Bars, a visual mixtape. We're already at volume six. Volume six is titled The Feel. And Mm -hmm. um, it's an anthology series that celebrates the true independence and the true diversity of the uh, independent uh, comic book scene, especially the black comics scene. And um, it was, uh, Four Pages, 16 Bars was created as a response to a lot of chatter that I have heard over the past few years and continue to hear today. Um, In some circles, you know, people talking about where are the black comics? Where are the black heroes? We need to, you know, have a new company yeah. like Milestone and whatnot, which just came back. A, a yeah. Ago. yeah I see. So on and so forth. So, you know, you had all these cats yipping and yapping and dipping and dapping and talking about, you know, we need to do this. We need to do that. We need to have a magazine that celebrates yeah. us, blah, blah, blah. But a whole lot of talk and no action. Or not Mm -hmm. enough action. And actually, this goes back to 2014 because Four Pages, 16 Bars started actually as a gallery show, as an exhibition Mm -hmm. in Chicago in 2013. And it was an art exhibition at a uh, spot called the Silver Room in Chicago, which is, it's a multi-purpose sort of space. I can't even really call it a space because it's a storefront um, Mm -hmm. that deals with clothing and fragrances and jewelry. And it's created predominantly by African-Americans, but it also, the Silver Room also doubles as a community center and as Mm -hmm. a gallery space as well. Okay. Multi-purpose. And so the owner of the Silver Room, Eric Williams, shout out to Eric, because everybody knows Eric in Chicago. Um, he approached me to do an exhibition yeah. at the Silver Room. I had done one before in 09, a solo show, which was really successful. And then he came back to me uh, a few years later. It's like, hey, you want to do something else? There's, op- there's uh, a space open in our mm-hmm. schedule. And so with that, I wanted to do something different. I didn't want it to be all about me. And uh, so the four pages, 16 bars show came about because of that. And in that show, I invited uh, artists like Ashley Woods, who you had on the show a couple weeks ago, um, John Jennings, you know, who mm-hmm. I kind of call, you know, can, can call him the godfather of black comics, coining the term. 
and whatnot. My man Kenji Jumani Marshall, uh, old Grio Enterprises soldier, mm-hmm. you know, kind of like my five dog to uh, to my Q-tip. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, Tony Maldonado, and uh, also young artist at the time by the name of Shamari Harrington uh, came aboard and helped us out. And it was very, very successful. And so yeah. in 2014, I was part of a round table discussion with a number of other artists, including again, John and uh, also Quinn McGowan of Project Wildfire and Hannibal mm-hmm. Tempo as well. And this conversation came about again, and you know, and we were talking about it. And so, and we were talking about the feasibility of it. And so I came up with the presence, the, I came up with the premise that, hey, this can be done. All it takes is um, somebody who knows the players and the people in the game, somebody who can bring creators together, uh, mm-hmm. somebody who can take their ego out of the situation and realize that, this anthology is for all of us, not just to showcase and say, hey, I'm the leader um, of this situation. And just, you know, the logistics of getting people together to um, and also to put the book together. Um, and I told them, you know, this is how it can be done. And as I got done saying that, um, I said to myself, and I think I said to the uh, panel as well, um, that you know what, if I'm thinking about it, then I guess I'm gonna have to be the one to do it. Yeah. And so, <laughs> and so. That's how, it, that's how it started. Exactly. And then that's how it was. And um, luckily, you know, the concept, the four pages, 16 bars was already set in stone. It was already percolating through a number of conversations that I had pre uh, prior to the actual show conversations that I had with uh, Sanford, Sanford Green, where we actually, um, the concept actually came about with uh, just us chopping it up. And we were talking about, at that point in our careers, we were actually, he and I were actually working on two hip hop based comic projects. Mm-hmm. Um, him in particular, he was working on the Method Man graphic novel at the time. Yeah. And so we had, uh, you know, come together at cons, you know, as we, as we do, and mm-hmm. you know, we were just chopping it up and, you know, and just kind of big up in each other, you know, what I'm saying as as black men do, you know, it's like, yeah, yeah. look at look at you, man. Oh man, I'm trying to get to where you are, blah blah, blah. <laughs> <laughs> that yeah. sort of thing. And we were talking about the nature of sketchbooks, and. He was the one that came up with the analogy that the sketchbook was a mixtape mm-hmm. in the sense that, you know, with hip hop artists starting out, you know, you have the mixtape, right? And yeah. really go back to the days of hip hop. It's like, you know, selling tapes out the trunk of your car. You know, you first you get the cheap, <laughs> you know, get the cheap tapes. Uh, cassette tapes and whatnot. Yeah, yeah whatever um, is affordable at the time. Exactly, exactly. And as you build your career, you know that mixtape gets better. You know, you get some decent funding to put covers on it. You know, and eventually it may become a whole album. And when he mentioned that analogy of the schedule being the mixtape, I was like, "You're right. You're absolutely right. It is a mixtape." 
And so thinking about that, that was in my mind. Um, and then a couple of years later, I was actually at a convention with Ashley and I was telling her the same story about Sanford and I talking about the sketchbook being a mixtape. And then I went further in the conversation and I was like, you know what? Yeah, as like a comic book creator, your four pages are like 16 bars if you're in a cipher, right? Mm -hmm. Like if you ever get in a cipher or if you've ever been in a cipher, um, like I did back in the day, I was messing around and whatnot, you know, being in the circle with the backpacks and dudes, <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Waiting for their time to get in and, you know, show what they got. And, you know, you had 16 bars to prove it, right? Before you had to pass the mic. Yeah. And so I made that analogy with the comic book creator. Your, your four pages are like your 16 bars. And then I was like, wait a minute, four pages, 16 bars a visual mixtape, boom. So there we the, go. Right, so the concept was set like roughly around 2010. And then we had the exhibition in 2013. So at that point, I already had the logo created. I already had sort of the marketing in place in my mind. And mm -hmm. when I came to actually creating the anthology, I was like, okay, word up. All right, we've got, <laughs> we've got the pieces in place. So yeah. I could go ahead and just start marketing and just start reaching out to mm -hmm. the people that I know. And luckily in my career as a comic book creator, I had always made a point at conventions to reach out and to seek out um, creators of color that were doing stuff that I liked. Yeah. You know? uh, because in terms of getting into the comic book game, um, I am of the age where, you know, Milestone 1.0 came out and Brother yeah. Man and Tribe. So mm -hmm. I was already set on that road and being an African-American creator, I was seeking out others of my kind. It was like, you know, Highlander in a, in a, in a, in a, in a lot of ways. I'm, yeah. seeking out, I'm seeking out other immortals, if you mm -hmm. will. And... So I was always on that mindset. So I was always, you know, linking up with cats like Sanford Green or Kari Randolph, you know, or Ashley, um, mm -hmm. you know, seeking out people like Afua Richardson or uh, or, or Greg Anderson, Elise. You know, I was, mm -hmm. I was already in that mindset from the 90s on. So being in that mindset, a lot of years, you know, met a lot of people, got cool with a lot of people. Right. Yeah. And so when it came time for me to do four pages, 16 bars, I did a marketing scheme with them first. Yeah. And I created a series of posters, grabbing images online and whatnot and giving people different titles, whether I called an artist a visual MC and called writers, literary DJs and mm -hmm you know, convention um, and like convention uh, organizers, I call them crowd controllers, so on and so mm -hmm. forth. So I did a grip of posters um, around 2014 and just Facebooked it and was just like, yo, <laughs> so it's <laughs> cool MC, yo, so it's a yeah. DJ, blah, 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 four pages, 16 bars, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And going off on Facebook, 
and people see this and like, wait, what? What is this? Wait, what is this? Who is? Yeah. Who is what? Oh yeah. Who is four pages sixty bars? And these are the yeah. people that wanted to get involved in it, right? And yeah. then putting that out there, then I Facebook them uh, through you know instant messenger. I was like, Agent So and So, you've been activated. Welcome to the Blacks. And the Blackness <laughs> was a concept that. Um, started off as a joke i was actually speaking with uh my friend and colleague lamoris richmond and also turtel only who uh is the father of the black age of comics he's you know known as the father of the black age of comics and we were talking about you know black comics and getting them all together and there was a joke you know calling us the blacksis of evil and i'm like wait a minute let me drop the of evil part off. yeah and just call it the blacksis and yeah. then designing a logo for that as well. Um, and the Blacksis logo, in my mind, and in my sort of like estimation, is kind of like the Comics Code authority stamp. It's the mm-hmm. stamp of approval, you know, yeah. for, for yeah, Black yeah, Comics yeah, yeah. and whatnot. So having that, and then going to uh, these cats that I know, and I was like, you know, agent so-and-so, you've been activated, welcome to the Blacksis, and give them the symbol, and they're like, what the what is this? What is, what is this? Is this real? Or is yeah, this what are you doing? Like, here? what is this? And once I got them um, interested, Involved. Yeah. yeah, and, and peaked, then I said, okay, this is what this is. This is four pages, 16 bars, this is the anthology, and so it really began in 2015, you know, mm-hmm. uh, the four, the first four volumes came out in 2015, 2016. Mm-hmm. And then I took a break because, you know, I got to hop back from that, doing Horsemen and, you know, mm-hmm. other things, so on yeah. and so forth. And um, it was like 2019, I did a fifth volume. And so at the end of 2020, uh, thinking about it again, looking at it, I'm like, yeah, it's time to it's time to bring it it's time to bring it back. It's time for the next volume to come back. And that was because of the fact that right now, in terms of content, black imagination is exploding. Yeah. Right like we're seeing we are seeing the diversity of black content, um, you know, on streaming networks, television, comics. You know, of course, music, we've always held it down, right? Mm-hmm. But right now, like, just seeing the diversity of Black content out there, and it's not just from the states, you know, we're seeing it from the continent as well. We're seeing it mm-hmm. across the whole diaspora. And um, it's time, right? It, it's yeah. time. And, There's definitely time. Yeah, and it, and it's really, you know, that statement of yes you know we are here you're busy looking and complaining um about representation from dc and marvel but we've got all this yeah right already already already. and it's not a situation of you know classically people would say like if it's black it's not good as you know it's not as good as. And yeah. I feel that some people still looking for that representation from the corporate too are of that mindset. Like if it's black owned, it's not good as, which yeah. is 
complete and utter, excuse my French bullshit. Because sure. with well, you know, with yeah, I mean, you're right. See, what it is is that they just automatically assume that white is the standard, and if you're other than white, then automatically it's it's other or sub. You know what I'm saying? And then and then they have to they want you, quote unquote, being the other to prove that you are towards the standard, and that's just a mindset. You know what I'm saying? Like we've been conditioned to automatically think, or if it's if it's not quote unquote white, which is it's subconsciously standard, then it's other. Yeah, I've had a cat. I've had a cat literally a few years ago um, when we were having this discussion about it. Uh, this cat in the Facebook discussion, he's like, "Well, if you were hired by you know DC or Marvel, then we would know more about your work." And wow. I, and I responded with, "So basically." You're telling me if Massa accepts us, then you'll accept us. Yeah. And, and he was like, no, no, that, that's not that's not what I'm saying. What are you trying to call me an Uncle Tom? And I'm like, yeah, you stated that. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, that's yeah, that's. I didn't put words in your mouth. I just, <laughs> you literally <laughs> just said that. Literally. Yeah. It's funny that you, it, it's, this is the mindset because I remember like, when I first started doing this podcast, I had done a lot of Comic-Cons, especially New York Comic-Con, and that's the big one for our area. And I would go and I would do a, I would do numerous interviews with the big names like Bob's Burgers and that stuff, like all that kind of stuff. And I was like, you know what? I'm a black man. Let me try and find some black artists that I can go and talk to. And then when I went, it's like, it, it's like you jump into another world. Because you're like, you jump into the world and then you realize there is so much black comics, so much black writers, so many, and all kinds of different kinds of people writing comics and their known comics and that kind of stuff. And it's whenever I hear people like, I wish I could find this, that, and the third, I'm like, clearly, clearly you're not looking hard you're, enough. You're, like, because it's, yeah, it's all there. It's, it's right there. You're expecting, you're waiting for DC or Marvel or somebody to give it to you. Right. It's not necessary for them to give it to you. You don't have to take it from them. Yeah, exactly. It's like, you know, you, at, at which point when people talk about that, it's like you, you have to put on your kufi and whatnot. Yeah, and basically. You be like, open up for your them third to know. eye, brother. Open up your yeah. third eye. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, like, like access your 45th chakra or something like that. Yeah, like, <laughs> why? Like, do and it even goes down, it's like the same in regards to outside of comic book uh, world, like even anime. Because I remember Jazz had brought up, uh, Netflix had a couple of years ago, Cannon Busters. Yeah. Cannon Busters was great. And there's yeah. a lot of other ones up there, out there. Yeah, is Yasuki dropping this weekend or is it dropping like? I think it is supposed to. I think it's supposed to drop this weekend. Right. So, but it's out there. People just, you know, they want to be brought to it by DC or Marvel. No, yeah, I was like, yeah, the word we're going around is they want they want somebody to validate them, or they want them to be. They want the product to be like, well, it needs to be validated by Marvel. It has to be validated by a bigger name. Like even if Milestone is like. It has to be validated. You know what I mean? It's like, and that's the problem. Like, you know, outside of all this, just as black people, we don't need to seek validation. You know what I'm saying? Like, you, you it's almost like, well, I need, I need those, I need those people, the corporations to to say they, all right, you're cool. I don't need a stamp of approval. We don't need a stamp of approval before I need to, to search out or seek out 
like you said, all these art forms that you're interested in. If you're really so-called a fan of this stuff, you will you will seek it out on your own. Right. You don't need Marvel, DC, you know, and, and Image and all the other people to, to validate you or, or uh, Cartoon Network or, you know what I'm saying? Like, you don't need those those channels to validate validation for you to say, okay, it's okay for me to watch now. Right. Because even even those, some of those things are subpart. Like, everything on Image, everything on Marvel and DC aren't great. There's plenty right. of, there's plenty of stuff that they, they put out and it's like, it's garbage. Right. Regardless of, Regardless of if it's artwork, the writing, the concept, the narratives, all that. But you don't, you know, so it's the same thing. I mean, it's going to be garbage with Black artists, too. Yeah, I mean, and that's very true. And what you said about validation is also um, extremely true. I call it um, the gaze, you know what I mean? I, I call it the gaze of the other. And so many of us still um, are looking for the approval of the other in order to feel validated. You got to keep in mind, right? Um, I've said this plenty of times and I'll continue to say it um, as the world is changing. But with uh, Black Panther coming out in 2018, um, it gave a lot, I would say like the majority of African America, it gave them permission to imagine, to like truly imagine, right? Yeah. And so, yeah, of course, they want more, but they get it from, you know, they got it from uh, Marvel and DC. And, you know, the assumption is and I'm going to go out there because it's true. The assumption is that most of the people that create content for people of color are not those people of color. Correct. I was going to go there. Yes. And and a lot and a lot and a lot of uh, fans they expect or they are waiting for people that don't look like them to put their talents in creating stories about them, which is complete and utter bullshit. Because in all honesty, nobody is going to tell your story but you. And so yeah. and so what happens on the flip side, here we are creating stories for us, by us, right? Following really the spirit of the milestone media model, and mm-hmm. um, so you have a you have a lot of cats. They're like, but wait a minute, but how were you able to do this without the approval of the other, right? Yeah. Or like, I don't know if this is going to be as good as the other thing because I don't see the other's voice or imprint on yeah. this particular project, right? Um, and, you know, so so we're in that place now. So there are a bunch of people who, in some ways, I see there are a bunch of people who are just beginning to get into um, yeah. things. Uh, what's interesting about that conversation, though, is that they're still affected by the gaze of the other um, because yeah. they get caught up in things of like, you know, how do I get to the mainstream or like, how do I tailor this project to the market, you know, or I'm just doing what the market is demanding that I should do. Right. Yeah. Again, I just yeah, I just never understand that concept because that concept never really works with any other industry like you if 
if I make cookies, right? If I bake cookies, I'm not tailoring my cookies to other people, how other major companies make cookies. Right. So if I make my cookies, I put them out there. People right. like them. They like them. They don't. Yeah, they but don't. Th- you're but, right. But, but I'm saying like when you draw or if you have uh, if you if you're writing something, you just want to see if what you like to write or what you like to draw will work. And then go about it that way, and or more organic kind of way of doing it. Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Um, if you have been an artist or a creator your entire life, mm-hmm. then you're already of that mindset. Like, yeah, there, like there, there's a difference. <laughs> okay, there, there's a difference. Mm-hmm. Straight up, the people that. And I'm going to focus it on black creators right now and creators of color right now. Mm-hmm. Um, as an artist, you know, you're an artist, you know, you're a creator from a very young age. OK, mm-hmm. as an artist and as a creator, you once you decide upon that, you kind of also figure out what your medium is. Mm-hmm. All right. And so with that, that is your underlying raison d'etre. That is your reason for being. So Mm -hmm. basically, as an artist, you would be doing what you would be doing for free because that's what you did. You know what I mean? That's what Mm -hmm. you did as a kid. That's what you love. You know, you said, hey, I want to do this for the rest of my life, if possible. And so that's your, you know, that's your um, through line. Right. Mm -hmm. That, That happened with me. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I knew I wanted to I knew I wanted to be an artist when I was seven. I knew I wanted to do comics when I was 10. Now, when I was 10, um, the whole notion of doing comics was not that I necessarily wanted to draw Superman or Batman, that sort of thing. I wanted to make my own comics. OK. Mm-hmm. And so in 94, when I first started to get into the game and get my portfolio together, right, um, I had a couple of Batman icon pages. I had some Black Panther pages, so on and so forth. But then I also had my own story right there yeah. in the back. And uh, one of the first and only comic book companies I went to to try and get a gig was Milestone Media right when it started. Mm-hmm. And I walked up with my portfolio and Dennis Cohen was the one who reviewed my portfolio. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um Dennis took a look at my portfolio, took a look at my pages, looked at the back with my original stuff, right? Mm-hmm. He looked at me and he was like, you want to make your own comics, don't you? Now, at first I was like, how dare you look into my soul and, <laughs> <laughs> and extract truth out of there. I don't appreciate it. Um, you were fooled by the first couple pages, okay. Right, 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 right. But secondly, I was like, yeah, I do. But at the time I was like, yo, but I do know that before I get to doing my thing, it's like, I probably got to process. Yeah. I'm going to have to put my eye teeth, work on some other, you know, other books and that sort of thing before I can do my own thing. And Dennis, I say famously because this affected me. He was like, listen, if you want to make your own comics, go ahead and make your own comics. Nobody is stopping you, right? But if you want to work for Milestone, this is the stuff you need to work on. This is that and the third, right? <laughs> and no, and no, I mean, and it was it was a beautiful thing because at the end of that, he gave me 
the milestone business card. Like that was like, oh, right. Yeah. And ultimately what happened was that milestone became um, sort of unofficial mentors to me. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, And ultimately milestone was the reason why I started Grio Enterprises because at a couple of, you know, after a couple of shows and, you know, especially working with Lamoris on JBD, you know, understanding the art of comics, right? Yeah. Understanding the standards and how you do each and every little bit of it. Um, in 97, got to the point doing a show. And then this is after meeting Steve Rude. And this is off of JBD. He's looking at my pages and he's saying like, hey, um, in five years, you're going to be one of the guys I'm looking at. And yeah. at, at that point, you know, that just told me, it's like, hey, screw waiting for somebody to discover me. I'm going to discover myself. Yeah. yeah. And, and at that moment, that is when I became free from the gaze. Right. Yeah. And free from looking for the validation of the other in order to make my work valid, right? Mm-hmm. Now, now with that, with that, that also changed my mindset because, because then I really began, well, I've always been a student of comics, um, but I really, really got deep into the art of comics and the mechanics of making comics um, in terms of becoming a better letterer, in terms of being a better colorist, right? In terms of my graphic design background, um, in college and in grad school and applying that to comics because comics are graphic design. It's a comic yeah. books are a study of graphic design and they mm-hmm. are products of graphic design, right? You know, yeah. when people talk about uh, what's the most important thing in comics, they're like, oh, it's the writing. Oh, it's the art. No, nah, it's the entire package, you know? Yeah. From how it's put together and everything, how yeah. it's put together, how it's laid out, how the book is lettered, you know, what the cover mm-hmm. looks like, what the logo looks like, you know. Um, and in terms of that, there is a standard, right? There's a there's yeah. a, there is a standard of quality that exists in every major comic book company that's out there, whether it be Boom, whether it be Archie Comics, whether it be Image, Dark Horse, DC, Marvel, whatever. There's a standard there, okay? Mm -hmm. Dark Horse, there's a standard there. If you understand that standard and apply it to your work, then your work looks professional, at which point it doesn't matter who created it, black, white, you know, Latino. Otherwise, yeah. This, whatever. If it hits the standard, it's going to hit the standard. Right. So Mm -hmm. the only thing that creators should be concerned about is hitting that standard of what a great comic book looks like. Instead, you have people talking about and worrying about, like, you know, how do I reach this audience? How I reach that audience? The thing about it is, is that when you're starting out, there is no audience. The only audience that you have to deal with and satisfy is you. Because exactly. 
what you should be doing when you're making comics is like doing something that people haven't seen before or that you haven't seen before. Right. Mm -hmm. And you want to put that out into the world. Like when I did the horseman, it wasn't like, I didn't have the mindset of like, Oh, there are no black heroes and I'm creating the first black heroes. That's ridiculous. (laughs) You you know what I mean? There have been plenty of great black superheroes. Right. Yeah. However, what I didn't see was an iconic superhero team of black characters. Because again, in the 90s, when people were talking about, oh, who would be your dream super superhero team, black superhero team, they would like pick and choose from different, you know, from different, different. spots, right? Yeah. You know, it's like, okay, I yeah. would have Storm, and then let me have Black Lightning, and then let me get Spawn. Yeah. Blah, 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 blah. Let, me get, let me get Bishop over here. Let me get, yeah. Right, right, right. And I said with the Horsemen, I was like, nah, I want our iconic team. I want to do that. But I want to do that from an authentic African and African-American place. And so, and again, that came out of me being in grad school and me beginning to really study, you know, the Orishas and African mythology because Mm -hmm. African faith systems, excuse me, because I had been studying mythology ever since I was a little kid. Clash of the Titans got me. I was a friend. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. But, um, I saw, and I also saw during the time when I was doing this, you know, I saw a little dibble dabble into what the Orishas were about, but nobody was doing a serious exploration. And at the time, you know, you had the rise of Afrocentricity and everything came from Egypt and blah, blah, blah. Well, me being, me being a West African, (laughs) you know what I mean? Uh, I was like, nah, not everything came from Egypt and let's look at other faith systems. And that's what brought me to the Orishas. So, you know, come 97, like I see, you know, 2013 and all, I saw people were like, Ooh, look at the Orishas. Ooh, the black guys you didn't know about. I was like, man, I've been on that since, you know what I mean? Like I came out with it in 02, like welcome to the park. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. And at the end of the day, as a creator, as a comic creator, that's what it's all about for me. It's like doing these things that people haven't seen before. Right. And, you know, definitely been very, very fortunate um, with the horsemen for it to be in the places that it's in. Right. Like wildest dreams. I didn't know that, you know, I didn't expect the horsemen to be part of an exhibition in the Smithsonian. Yeah. Yeah. Congratulations on that one. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. That was. uh, Yeah, I saw that. I was like, what? I know that guy. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I I mean, like, good for him, man. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, that that was a bug out. I've I've worked with the Smithsonian before um, over the past 10 years. But I mean, just the fact alone that like the horsemen of all yeah. the comics they could have picked and all the graphic novels they could have picked. It yeah. was it was the horsemen that they were like, yo, we need to talk to that dude and we need to yeah. work with that dude. Mm-hmm. Right? That yeah. that didn't happen. That didn't happen because I drew the X-Men. That didn't happen because yeah. I drew Batman or Superman and stuff like that. That happened mm-hmm. because I created the horsemen. That's mine. Yeah. You you know yeah. what I mean? That's that. So, 
So based upon a lot of uh, you, since you created your uh, your uh, your brand, what went into you choosing creators or new creators or some older, some people who've been a little more established to this new volume, volume six, the feel of uh, four pages, 16 bars? Um, simply, I, you know, I wouldn't say I stalk people, but I look, <laughs> I look at, uh, I look at people's work, right? Like, you yeah. know, I'm on Facebook and I'm in these groups and things of that nature. And I see people coming out with, you know, projects and whatnot. And then I look at these friends, I'm like, oh, you know, it's like either like, oh, okay, that that's cute. I like to see it develop or like, oh, that, oh, okay. Yeah. Let, me yeah. My, let me keep my eye on this person, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, let me, you know, reach out to this person's like, yo, I like what you're doing. You know what I'm saying? Let's let's connect, right? It's not a mm-hmm. situation of like where some cats are like, yo, let's build. No, nah, it's more like it's more like a situation yeah. of like I've got something established, you have something exactly. that's established. And exactly. let's try to bridge this together as opposed it, like you said, instead of let's build together. Right. Building together is great, but if you've already built yours and I've already built mine, that bridge is a lot. I think it. I I prefer that more so than building together from most, scratch. Really, most most definitely. Um, now don't now don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. When people talk about yes, building is important, but building only works when everybody is at the same level. Yeah, you know what I mean, at the same level and has the same goal. Like when mm-hmm. Rio Enterprises started, it was three creators four creators we were like yo you know what i mean we we are all at this at this similar skill set we all have this similar mentality let's link up like voltron and let's start this brand yeah. right mm-hmm. um and that's what happened okay when yeah. I hear a lot of people talk about let's build it's like they usually go to somebody that's already has something established and they're like yo yeah it's, it's the old idea of like why don't you why don't you forget everything you do it and come over here and make my dream come true, which doesn't work. Right. Yeah. So with four pages, 16 bars and me looking at people, it's like, yeah, I'm looking at people who have, who have taken that upon themselves, come out, come hell or high water to get their vision, Mm -hmm. get their voice out there. Now, because of that 9.95 times out of 10, those cats are talented because yes. this is the medium that they want to work in. This is what they're passionate about. This is, they have begun to build their brand, you know what I mean? Because they are doing the stuff that they want to do, right? And mm-hmm. the stuff that they're doing is not because of like, oh, I want to make my version of Superman. I want to make my version of Batman, so on and so forth. It's like they are coming up with their own concepts that are completely unique you know it's not all superheroes thank god right so you get a whole bunch of diverse material like for instance you know chuck collins chuck dragon black collins with bounce like i was like even bounce out from jump i was like i like i like what that dude is doing let me holler at him yeah quick you know, the same thing with Quinn McGowan and Project Wildfire. I was like, yo, you doing this stuff yeah. with your finger on the iPad? 
I hate you. Yeah. Let's wake up. <laughs> Yo, man. Let, let, me, let, me bring, let me bring you into the cipher and stuff like that. Yeah. So, you know, so part of it is, you know, me being A&R guy, right? It's like, you know, quote unquote, going to the digital clubs and things of that nature and seeing people on the mic doing their thing. It's like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I like what you're doing. I like yeah. what you're doing. Let me holler at you for a minute. Right. Yeah. And also a big important part of four pages, 16 bars is to increase that community, you know, show what the blacks is really, really about. Right. Yeah. Like I'm amazed. I'm amazed that with that project, never mind volume six coming out. It's like, yeah. Volume seven is going to drop in in the in the fall and whatnot. Yeah. And you know, seeing the community around there and the cats doing it. And when I talk about yeah. the true diversity of the industry, with four pages, it's not all black creators, right? So yeah. so because these companies these outfits you know they also outsource their work so you know their pencilers or their artists may be coming from uh you know thailand or brazil right or spain or italy you see what i mean yeah and it's like in this volume especially volume six i'm loving the fact that yeah you know i'm showing love to my latino brothers and sisters and my pacific islander mm -hmm. brothers and sisters and whatnot, so it's it's brown than a mug. So it's like, you know, <laughs> me having, yeah, you know, it's like me having the equivalent of like the Booyah tribe on this piece, you know, or I me mean, or or Kid Frost, you know what I'm saying, or yeah, uh, you know, or Cypress Hill, you know, along with the Public Enemies and the, you know, Kid and Plays and the yeah 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 yeah, Eves and the you know what I'm saying, and so again, in terms of the spirit of hip hop, um, that rebellious independent like you know we gonna take these lemons and make the most delicious lemonade you've ever tasted right that spirit mm -hmm. is baked into the four pages 16 bars project yeah. yeah I definitely saw that and I saw like like you said you had a lot more diversity um still brown diversity but diversity in this volume than I saw in any other volume for the most part. Also, I noticed I do you make a conscious effort to not try to re, like have the same people on each volume? Yes. Yes, that is a very conscious decision. Um I've had some people from previous volumes like, yo, can I be involved in this next volume? And I'm like, nah, you're already in there, you know. Um and it's not a knock on you, but my mm -hmm. goal is to expose as many different creators as possible and get them in this mix as possible, right? So to really mm -hmm. show, you know, really show the diversity of it. Don't get me wrong. Um, the people that come on to the Four Pages 16 Bars project, they become a part of the Blacks. They become a part of the crew and whatnot. Right, they become a part yeah. of the black comics community and the four pages sixteen bars community. Um, at the same time, I want more people to be a part of the community. Right? Yeah. 
if somebody is if somebody is hot and they got the right attitude and the right mentality, yeah, I'm gonna holler at them. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to help expose them to another audience, to a different audience. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, also, you know, part of part of getting new people in the mix um, every time is the whole notion of we are a village. I want us to become a nation. Yeah. Got you. Yeah, that, I got you on that. You you, you feel me? Mm-hmm. You, you feel yeah. me? Yeah. So it's not about it's not about being clickish, right? Yeah. It's not about being clickish. It's about um, showing what we can do and showing how many of us out there are actually doing this and doing it well. Right. Like in all honesty, you know, it, it would be it would be a dream for me to get all of the greatest black creators, brown creators, so on and so forth into the four pages, 16 bars project. But I know it's not going to happen simply because there are so many people out in the world doing this. Right. Yeah. And in a way, I'm not supposed to be the only person bringing all these people together, right? Yeah. But what I but what I can do is be a guide to open up the door to the world, right? And mm-hmm. with four pages, 16 bars, you see how deep that world can go, right? And you yeah. see how many people are doing it and you see how many people are really doing it well. Right. And Mm -hmm. it's all about, yeah, it's all about growing the community. You know, like I said, we are a village. We will become a nation, you know? And then furthermore, Mm -hmm. the other tagline for comics or hip hop is very true. Like when you think about hip hop, Hip-hop isn't just Def Jam. Hip-hop isn't just Death Row. Hip-hop isn't the East Coast or the West Coast, the Dirty South or the Midwest. It's not just, you know, the UK or the islands. Hip-hop is global, right? Yeah. It's a culture. It's a language. It's a way of being. And in that respect, indie comics and especially Black comics has that same fire and that same vibe like when i talk about black comics black comics it literally it is definitely not just east coast or west coast or dirty south or midwest i mean you have black comics literally all over the globe right the caribbean has comic book companies coming out there you know um in the on the continent you have comic book scenes in nigeria and south africa you Mm -hmm. know saying in the uk i've been looking at uk brothers doing comics for a minute. Like one of the best comics that I picked up in my collection is a book called Brody's Law, uh, which was mm-hmm. created by a couple of brothers in the UK, right? And that's just straight up some crime fiction stuff. That's beautiful. Yeah. That's the that's the point, right? That's the point. It's that as soon as you free yourself from the gaze or free yourself from looking at just these couple of areas for the representation that you want you'll find that all of that is being satisfied yeah right? 
all of that is being satisfied. Now, the question as a creator, and if you're a real creator about it, is like, what is the story you want to tell? Not the story, not the story that you think- You is, think they want to hear. Exactly. Because when it came to hip hop, hip hop didn't start with people talking about what people wanted to hear. You or know? what I think might sell. Or what they, or what they think exactly. people want to say. Yeah. Exactly. When the message dropped, you're like people were like, yo, I want to hear that. <laughs> you, you know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> like they were like, wait, oh, wait, wait. I thought, I thought this was just, you know, party music, some hip hop, hippity dip. Why, why you talk about, you know, child is born with no state of mind, bind yeah. to the ways of mankind. Like, what is this? Right? Yeah. And that was the nature of hip hop before hip hop got money into it. Right? Yeah. You had your public enemies and then you had your Sugar Hill gangs and you had your Soul Sonic Forces and your Ice Teas and your Salt and Peppers and your uh, MC Troubles and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. Right? You know, until on the radio it's become this like sludgy oatmeal-y kind of you know crap that just sounds like everybody else if you really think about hip-hop hip-hop has always been diverse and just yeah. like and same thing with comics and especially black comics black comics have always been diverse right so let me ask you something in regards to the four pages, 16 bars. What went into the cover art for the mixtape? Uh, which one? For volume six? For volume six. For volume six. So that is definitely distinct, and I do like it. Yeah. But I'm like, wow. Shiva Maya. Yep. Shiva Maya. All praises due to her. Um, I have been a fan of Shiva's work for years. Again, mm-hmm. Um, you know, you really have to appreciate um, social media and when social media is used right. Correct. Because social, uh, social media has really connected me with a lot of talented, talented, talented creators. And so I have been a fan or looking at Sheba's work for years, right? Yeah. And I've wanted to bring her into the mix for a minute, right? And... Mm-hmm. Um, we finally met actually in 2019 in Ekbok. We met face to face, and automatically when we met, it was it was like it was like family. It was like you know just a connection right away. It's like you know I get you, you know I get you too. So when mm-hmm. it came time for Volume Six, she was one of the first people that I reached out to, and yeah. and definitely with her work, I wanted her work to be that cover, right? Yeah. Um, actually, the next three covers for, or rather, um, the volume five, volume six, and volume seven, the covers uh, for each of those volumes um, are women. The The artists for those are women, right? Awesome. Yeah. Um, now, was that a conscious decision? Not necessarily, right? Mm-hmm. Because... Uh, at the end of the day, it was like, is it dope? <laughs> is this art yeah. dope? So it, was, it came from an organic place. It just happened to be. You know what I'm it saying? It just happened to set up that way. Exactly, exactly. So volume five, like that cover, Julie Anderson, that was another artist. She she had been the artist for Dorothy Jean's um, Spirit's Destiny. And uh, like seeing her stuff, I was like, whoa, 
And I'm like, oh, and she's got the last name Anderson, so she's already dope. <laughs> she already got the fault. Yeah, by, by default. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's that's a feature. Anyway, but uh looked at her artwork, I was like, whoa, that's hot. You know what I mean? I want to work with her. Sheba, yeah. like, whoa, that's hot. I want to work with her. Volume seven. Um, the artist for that cover is Blossom Blair. And I'm glad that she's in the book for two reasons. Number one, she's a great artist, right? Number two, she's the little sister of Greg Anderson Elise, the creator uh, of Elisana the yeah. Wear Spider. And mm-hmm. I've got one of Greg's other books of uh, Marsana in volume five. And so... Yeah. Having Blossom in Volume 7, it's like, yo, you know, I got brother-sister team up Mm -hmm. in there. And it's also a bit of a nod to, you know, my family vibe because me and my siblings were all creatives Mm -hmm. and whatnot. But, you know, we're working in different fields. So, yeah, having Greg and Blossom in four pages, 16 bars, that just kind of hits like that, you know, familial... You know, yeah. what I mean? big, you know, big bro kind of vibe for me. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So so that's why. So that's why um, she's in that mix. But yeah. So before we close out, uh, tell people where they can find, of course, four pages, 16 bars. Volume six is available on Kickstarter. There's how many days left? What? Like four, three. maybe three days? Three three days, days. Got three days left. Um it's looking like by the end of the weekend, this Kickstarter will be 200% funded. Yeah. That is right. great. You're like, whoa. <laughs> you, you know what Yo, I mean? Like, that is like, phenomenal. Like, whoa. You know what I mean? Um, so that's going to be on Kickstarter for um, until, what, 17th? I believe mm-hmm. that that's the end of it. Yeah. Um, other than that, uh, you can go to griotenterprises.com, G-R-I-O-T, enterprises.com. So you can check out the entire, uh, you can check out the brand, right? Of Mm -hmm. course, you know, there's the Horseman, there's four pages, 16 bars. And we've got other great books up in there like JBD, Canton Kid. Um, We've got the original volume of Kenji Jumani Marshall's Witch Doctor, which also had um, successful Kickstarters as well. So if you're not up on Kenji's stuff, you are a fool. (laughs) (laughs) Like, get get up and get up on that. Check out Kickstarter because, yeah, Kenji Jumani Marshall is your favorite artist that you didn't even know was your favorite artist because you're your favorite artist. in the right places. Yeah. <laughs> you you might have happened upon him and you're like, where have I seen? Why haven't I seen this guy sooner? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Well, so, yeah. Thank you for being on the show. Uh, as as always, for Otaku, by Otaku. Thanks for listening, guys. Peace. Yeah, and, hope, and make sure it's not five years next time we uh, have this interview, man. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Yo, it didn't Definitely. feel like five, but I mean, dang. Yeah. Right. right. <laughs> Word up. Thank oh, you, God. guys. Appreciate it. No problem, man. Right, Bless man. up.